Alrighty, hello everyone, and welcome back to the Reform Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined today, as always, by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello, everybody. He is in Pennsylvania. I'm in the state of South Dakota, and we are excited to have you joining us from a state of your own today. Tell us what that state is by sending an email to trdshow at protonmail.com, or you can go to our show website, which is trdshow.net, and scroll to the bottom of the homepage and send us a message. Message? I can do words. I promise. Send us a message through that form at the bottom of our homepage, and we would very much love to hear from you. Today is a very exciting episode for us. This is probably, excuse me, my throat is a little clogged today, so I might be doing that a lot, so just bear with me. Um, Excuse me. So this is an episode that, A, we think is vitally important because of what is going on today in the modern evangelical, or as Doug Wilson likes to say, evangelifish churches. Not just in America, but also, yes, the squishy churches across the world. They don't understand what we're about to talk about today. And that is why we believe one of the top reasons why our society is crumbling around us today. But also, this is just a fascinating topic to discuss anyways, um, even if we're not just trying to correct a heresy. Um, But, you know, crushing heresies for, for a living sometimes can be a lot of fun. So um, (laughs) it's unfortunate that we have to be in this position. But when it comes up, I think it's just just the manner of just like finding truth. That's fun and trying the trying to find the real truth. Absolutely. And explaining it. Yep. That's fun. That's that is the fun. That is the fun. Um, I forgot to mention, though, we have a newsletter. So if you find yourself occasionally or frequently missing our episodes and being like oh no i gotta get caught up and oh how did i miss this and oh that sounded like a cool topic but now we're on to something else first of all you don't have to feel that way always get caught back up but also (laughs) uh you can join our newsletter and get emails from us sent directly to your inbox so you'll never miss another episode again Woohoo! and we promise we won't spam you we send them out three times a week and they're informative and full of cool quotes and full of cool stuff. And our mom does a tremendous job and puts a lot of work into these uh, newsletters. So we highly recommend everybody within the sound of my voice who's listening signs up for this. It's so easy. It takes 10 seconds. That number gets lower every time because it's really easy. <laughs> um, trdshow.net slash newsletter is where you can go to sign up for that. Also, there's a form on the homepage. So if you're like, oh, I don't want to go all the way to the... Okay, fine. It's on the homepage. It's, we literally couldn't make it any easier to sign up for this. <laughs> um, so today, next, we... next you got to do where you go onto the homepage and it directly <laughs> sends you to this whole thing that says, <laughs> receive the l- newsletter now. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I don't like that because I go to websites that do that and it kind of annoys me. So I've avoided doing that on our website, but I might, I might do that. Maybe just, maybe just for a week. So when people visit the website, they'll be like, seeing it maybe they're not seeing it i don't know it's a little strange so um today you probably gathered from the title but if you haven't i'll restate what we're talking about today the big topic of this week is full gospel versus a limited 
gospel and the far reaches of this topic the 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 depth and the 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 breadth of this issue is so far reaching it encompasses churches in pennsylvania churches in south dakota churches in virginia churches in colorado and i'm naming these places specifically because that's where we've been, we've been. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we have been to churches we have left churches i recently have left a church all of these places we've been to we've been to churches that have struggled with this very issue and so today we kind of want to set the record straight show multiple passages from scripture that uh, but against directly against this false dichotomy of well there's a limited gospel and that's what we preach on sunday and then there's some other ambiguous knowledge and wisdom from the bible that you should ascertain yourself and use that to live your life by if they even say that um that's a large part of what we're addressing today before we get into that though we have to talk about our verse of the week and our verse this week this whole week, which we've talked about. And if you missed Monday and Wednesday, check those out because we talk more about it on those episodes. But our verse this week is Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. And it says, Give thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. And again, that's Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13. So, we talked a lot about this on Monday, talked a lot about it on Wednesday. So check out those episodes if you missed it. But I want to focus a little bit on this last part of this verse because we did kind of specifically pick this verse for today's discussion topic. This is talking about we've been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of Christ. That verse and so many others like it that we're going to talk about today is fundamental to understanding how we should live our lives as Christians. What this verse tells us is that we can't just continue living our lives as if we are the ones that own our lives, or we don't need to spend as much time as possible studying as many passages in God's word as possible to learn how to apply the Bible to all areas of life. That is what we're called to do as Christians. As people who bear the name of Christ, we are supposed to read the entire word of God and learn how to apply it to every area of our lives. That is the kingdom of God on earth, is the earth being fundamentally transformed in the image of God into what it was always intended to be. That is a huge part of the kingdom of God. And that is what we are enabled to do now that we are in Christ. And so when we talk about the difference between a full gospel versus a limited gospel, a full gospel is so comprehensive that it would take a long time to discuss. The limited gospel that people mean when nowadays when they say the, the word gospel is so such a small segment of what the gospel actually is mm -hmm. and yeah. to continue and and kick off our conversation on that topic i'm going to pass it over to jake uh yeah uh i want to start out with the header that i have for this um talk or like my my beginning points all revolve around 
this header. And the header is, the gospel is the good news of what? Um, when, when someone talks to you about the gospel, they typically start out by saying, the gospel means the good news. The good news. And, and this seems all fine and dandy because that is how we have been taught for years now. You know, whenever you're told, whenever you're talking to someone or they're talking to you about the gospel, you always talk about the good news. The gospel means the good news. Um, but let's quickly look at what is said in Matthew 4.23, what, what Christ says about this good news. And Matthew 4.23 says, And he went throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every affliction among the people. And this is super important that we understand, and also, you know, keep in mind, this is the first time Christ has ever mentioned the words, the gospel. This is the first time Christ has ever said the gospel. And notice how he says the gospel of the kingdom. In in order to show what, what I am tr- trying to portray here, uh, let me give you an analogy slash example to help you understand this. When when someone is writing an essay or, or a letter or, or doing a speech or speaking to you, when they say someone's name, they say the full name the first time. The um, they'll give the full person's name, the, their first name, middle initial, last last name, just so you understand who this person is. Um, but every time after that, the person's name is typically paraphrased, paraphrased by either just saying their last name or just saying their first name. Um, and it reflects back to the first time when they gave their full name. So you understand that this is their full name. Now, instead of me having to give you all of these words to say their full name every single time I mention this person, I'm just going to say the first name. And hopefully you'll remember it leads back to that person that I mentioned before. Um, And the same thing is happening here, where the first time the gospel is mentioned, it is said as, the gospel of the kingdom. Hmm. And and so Christ is giving us the full name. Christ is giving us all of it. And every single time afterwards, if you see the gospel, it's referring back to this full name, this full, the gospel of the kingdom. And, you know, Bruce and I have <clears throat> talked a lot about the kingdom, but we had a whole series on the kingdom yeah. and what that, what that means. So yep. really this is going back to that, what we're talking about there. And, you know, this is, I, I say, this is not the only time that the gospel has been mentioned or, or specifically the gospel of the kingdom, those specific, not necessarily those specific words, but that idea of bringing in the kingdom and referencing it to the gospel. When we say the gospel, and, and this is multiple, mentioned multiple times in the Bible. Um, some passages that you can look up are Luke 4, 43, Luke 16, 16, Luke 8, 1, Luke 9, 2, Luke 9, 11, 
Acts 8.12 and Acts 28.23. And I just have to give a little bit of a disclaimer. I understand there's a lot of Luke there. Um, but there are multiple other ones. And if if you are looking for more, if you want more um, references, which do you need more? But um, we we can most definitely provide multiple other passages that refer back to the gospel of the kingdom. Yep. Um, but continuing on this real quick, and this will kind of end my whole discussion here, and I'll give it back to Bruce so he can take the last half of the show. But <laughs> just more of this understanding, how did we not come to this before? Why, how, how did we not think of this before? Because when you look at that, when you, when you say the gospel, when you just say the gospel, what are you saying? You're saying the good news. Good news. That, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yep. Now, that's an incomplete sentence, right? It <laughs> is a paraphrase. We're talking about that this is a paraphrase. But yeah. why are we okay with just understanding the paraphrase? Yeah. We have to understand what the bigger meaning is, what's the larger sentence to it. Yep. Saying the good news is an incomplete sentence. Yep. Now, where does that full sentence come from? Again, from that same passage in Matthew 4. Um, and the full sentence would be the good news of the kingdom. The hmm. good news of the kingdom. Now, this good news, why, why is Christ speaking about the good news of the kingdom? Well, the good news... He's talking about this because of what Christ had said earlier in the chapter in, in Matthew 4. In Matthew 4.17, Christ says, oh, sorry, in Matthew 4.17, it says, From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Hmm. And real quick, just to mention here, um, just for those who, just to make sure people don't get confused, um, the, the Jews of that time were very, um, careful to, uh, and very, uh, yeah, I guess careful, careful is the right word of the, the third commandment. Do not take the Lord of thy God in vain. Sorry. Third commandment. Yes. Third commandment. I'm right. The um, name of the Lord. Yeah. Your God, the name yeah. of the Lord, your God in vain. So when they say the kingdom of heaven it is the kingdom of God. They're just yeah, not they're saying being reverent. God specifically. Right, exactly. Yep. So when they say repent for the kingdom uh repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they're they're really saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Yep. Um yep. I think that's a quite important distinction to make and distinction to say. Um Yeah. So and so Oh go go ahead. Yeah, and, and so Christ is later saying that this good news that is talking about this as good news because the people of that time had been waiting, right? When you, those people of that time only had the Old Testament. They had this story that was incomplete. And so they were trying to find the completion of it. Christ had been talking about in the Old Testament, you look at um, Daniel seven fourteen saying that the kingdom of God is everlasting. It's it's a kingdom that is forever. Um, but so the people of that time were like, where is this kingdom? What What are you talking about? What, where are we seeing this? And so they've been waiting for God's kingdom. 
And that's why Christ is saying this. He's saying the good news of the kingdom. These people hear this saying that the kingdom is at hand and people are like, "Ooh, this is good news. Finally, we're getting a, a, a completion to the story. Um, but of course, they, as we can see, at first, the apostles even took this the wrong way in thinking that Christ was talking about a political reign in a political kingdom which Christ says his kingdom is not of this world or really yeah. not from this world. Yep. Yeah. They missed the point that it's so much broader and takes over so much more that of course the political realm will be impacted by it. And of course the political realm is under the control of Christ and he reigns over all, but that is a side effect of the kingdom of God. That is a result of the kingdom and the reign of Christ permeating into every level of society. And that includes politics eventually, but that wasn't what the Jews thought it was. So, um, first of all, I want to say, I really love that header. Um, you know, the, 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 the gospel of what the good news yeah. of what, because that's totally on point in the, question you raised is how did people miss this how and really it's a recent development that we've lost sight of the fact that the kingdom of god and the gospel are one and the same they're connected and you can't talk about the gospel without talking about the word of god impacting every area of life and going forth not return not returning void and causing every knee to bow and every tongue to confess that christ is lord that is the gospel, that Christ is king and is conquering and taking back this world for himself and is restoring this world to what it was before the fall, before the curse. So that's really important. And we've lost that because we've lost sight of how the Bible carries through and how it's congruent and how it's not disconnected how the bible is not a story of two separate timelines but of one and how the modern day christian church is the fulfillment of everything that was meant to happen with israel christ is the fulfillment and through him we have those same promises if we lose sight of the continuity of scripture then we lose sight of the true gospel and that's what's happened <clears throat> now how do we lose sight of that one of the worst things that's happened is a lack of solid preaching in America. And I believe, and a lot of other people believe the same way, and I didn't come up with this, I learned this <laughs> in reading a lot of people, including Gary DeMar, Doug Wilson, uh, Gary North, and others, um, which I'll be quoting in a, in a minute, that the church is the reason why society goes off the rails. So if society begins to crumble around you, especially American society, because of how firmly grounded it used to be in the word of God, especially American society, when we see it crumbling, we have no one to blame but the church and specifically the pastors. Now, we need to understand the importance of preaching and we need to go and talk to our pastors about how important their preaching is. Um, the pastor has a responsibility to preach the whole counsel of God. Paul says in Acts chapter 20, verse 27, that he did not restrain himself and just preach parts of the word of God. He preached the whole counsel of God. 
Now, we have to step back and talk a little bit about, because I realize we haven't talked about this yet. What do we mean when we talk about a limited gospel? <clears throat> a limited gospel, excuse me, a limited gospel is a gospel that just says, you are born. It says, you were a sinner. Christ died on the cross for your sins. You're a new creature in him. See you next week. Yeah. With nothing else. That, unfortunately, is what so many people think the gospel is, and they're wrong. That is the foundation of the gospel. You can't have the gospel without that. And but that's not the whole gospel. And it's it's why we say it's a limited gospel. Yes. We're, we're saying it is the gospel. It is right. gospel. But it's, <clears throat> it's a limited version of it. You're You're saying you're looking at the whole. You're taking this part, taking it out. And saying, yeah, this is it. This is it. There's nothing else. Exactly. Because the gospel in a whole, as we've said multiple times now, by now, is the gospel of the kingdom. Is talking about the good news of the kingdom. But how how we how Christ brings about the kingdom is through his death and resurrection. And the re rebirth of Christians from yeah. and the, the killing of sin. The stepping on the head of the serpent. Crushing the head of the serpent. Yeah, there we go. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, it, he's, he's not just stepped on. He is crushed. He is bound. He is getting all of his things plundered and stolen from him. That's what's happening to the serpent today. Um, Romans chapter 10, verses 14 and 15 says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news doug wilson expands on this passage in his book mother kirk essays on church life which we read on the show a couple months back if you don't have a copy of that book then you are missing out you need a copy of this book i'm telling you it is one of the best books for church planting for evaluating your church and for setting the record straight on it's pretty much a comprehensive set of the doctrines that a church should hold to biblically. It's really good book. I highly encourage you to check it out. Um, but on pages 71 and 72, he says, how can they believe in someone when they've not heard him? The AV renders this of whom they have not heard, but it really should read whom they have not heard the verb here. Um, and it's a, it's up on screen. It's a, the Greek verb. So I can't pronounce it. Or something like yeah. It's up on screen. <laughs> Takes the genitive <laughs> meaning in this instance that the people to be saved must believe the one they are hearing and not someone they are hearing about put more simply. We have no reason to translate this of whom they have not heard. So the word of really shouldn't be there. It's whom they've not heard. So what this is saying is that the, the point, is that preaching should be taking, taken very seriously. When we are hearing preaching, it should be we are hearing Christ. Um, my pastor always says, the, the, imagine the roof of the church has been ripped off and God is speaking directly to you from the heavens. Mm. That's what you should imagine when yeah. the word of God is preached. Um, so the question is, did Christ simply speak about a single truth? Did he simply say, You've been redeemed from your sins because I'm going to die on the cross. No, he spoke about all areas of life. And he even po pointed people back to the Old Testament by quoting it several times. So 
And as we see in Timothy, that includes the New Testament, the writings of the, the you know, the New Testament, but it also should include the Old Testament. Um, and we'll, uh, some of the verses Jacob listed talk about how when the people of Acts would go around preaching the good news of the kingdom, they would convince people and talk to them about the Old Testaments, talk to them about the kingdom of God from the Old Testament. So this is not a, a book that we should just, this is not just a book we should take the, the last half of and not the Old Testament. Um, the writer of Hebrews reprimands his readers in Hebrews chapter five, verses, uh, verse 11, all the way to chapter six, verse two. This is, this is a big chapter or big section, but it's really fundamentally important to what we're talking about. And Paul, like the analogy that he get, well, not, uh, whoever wrote Hebrews, sorry, the, the analogy of, um, that is provided here. It's just incredible. And it's, it's kind of hilarious. Um, so it says this about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing for, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again, the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And that's Hebrews 5, 11, all the way through chapter 6, verse 2. <clears throat> so we see in this passage that the basic good news of our salvation in Christ is the foundation of everything else in scripture. And Paul here is saying, well, sorry, the writer of Hebrews is saying, stop continually laying the foundation. You know, we give the analogy of the gospel is the cement foundation. Now we build the rest of the mansion on top of that foundation. Could you build a mansion without a foundation? Nope. Christ calls himself the chief cornerstone and those who don't build on him and his word are building on sand, sinking sand. And your whole mansion just crumbles into nothing. So you need the foundation. You can't have anything without the foundation. So lest you walk away from this episode thinking they just diminished the gospel and said that it's not important. We're actually saying it is vitally important because of what it accomplishes and what it does. Because without it, you can't have any of what we're about to describe, what we are describing and what we've always described. Yeah. And and really, like, you think about it, again, I, well, I don't want to say that this is specifically true, but these are, these are my own thoughts on, on this specific point, is that the reason we needed that, right, is because we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We needed that redemption in order for not only our minds to think clearly enough, because as Bruce and I have talked about several times, God has won. Christ has won. Um, the victory is ours. The victory is is there. We yeah. just have to go out and claim it. But in order for us to be worthy enough to claim it, we need to be clean, seen as clean in God's eyes. That is why this had to be done. In order for us to go out and claim and bring bring forth the kingdom, we needed to be clean. And yep. that's the whole point of this, for us to be seen as clean in God's eyes. Again, yes. this, that's my own thoughts on <clears throat> this. 
if there are problems with that, I understand. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to hear them. But uh, yeah, yeah. We'll also send you an email with reasons why we believe what we believe. So be prepared right, for that. Right. But we, of course, want to hear from you and what you believe as well. And we provide biblical proofs for that, please. We'd prefer that because you can't really have a debate if people don't provide biblical truths because that's right. where you should be deriving your all, primary all proofs truth. from. Yeah, all truth. Yeah, is all truth. Yeah, yep, exactly. So um, final point, last two minutes. This what we're about to talk about, which is seek first the kingdom of God, is what the gospel, the good news, is all about. Um, and, and not only are we commanded to go and make disciples of all nations, make every nation a disciple of Christ, we need to understand what that looks like. And how will we know without a preacher, as we saw earlier? How will we know the words? How will Christ speak to us from his word? without a preacher preaching the whole counsel of God and not restraining, being like Paul, imitating Paul and not restraining himself and saying, no, I'm just going to give them small itty bits. No, he preached the whole counsel of God. So we need the whole counsel of God. If we're to do what Christ tells us to do in Matthew chapter six, verses 31 and through 33, it says, therefore, do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And again, that's Matthew six, 31 through 33. So don't seek worldly uh, riches. Don't seek Oh no, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we going to wear? Seek first the kingdom of God. That's what we seek. And how do we know what that is? How will we know without a preacher? How will we know if we're not studying that? We're not asking those questions. We're not finding people who are wise and have studied it and joining with them and, and iron sharpens iron, having those conversations. How will we know if we're just going to a dispensational church and not going to a church that preaches the whole counsel of God Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for the rest of our lives. That is how you dilute the Christian community. Finally, we'll end with Acts chapter 28, verse 23, which says, From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And again, that's Acts 28, verse 23. So the whole Bible. The whole counsel of God from start to finish is what we should be preached. Uh, we should receive that preaching on Sunday. Now, obviously, a pastor can't go through the whole Bible in one Sunday. <laughs> right. But the important thing here is that we should be taught from the pulpit how to apply all of Scripture to all of life. And if that is not what we're being taught, then we need to find another church that is doing that. If the church you're going to today and will constantly, you can predict, oh, the sermon next Sunday is going to be another limited gospel message about how my sin is horrible, how Christ died on the cross for it. Now I'm saved. I'm a new creature and I'm going to come back next week and hear the exact same thing and nothing more. If your church is not telling you how you then should live and how you should grow the kingdom of God, then it's time to find a new church. And with that, I will ask Jake if he has one quick final thing to add before we wrap up. 
I think we could talk about this more forever. And have a, a whole nother episode on this specific thing that I'm going to say. But to the argument that, well, but if you don't preach every single Sunday about Christ dying on the cross and to save you from their sins, what if you have uh, an unbeliever in your church who, who hasn't heard of that before? The law is the perfect thing to show people their sin. As as Paul said, the the law reveals his sin. Mm. Showing him the yep. law is looking at yourself in a mirror and looking at all the sin that you have, the problems yep. that you have. Yep. And that will lead them to the gospel themselves. You don't need to give them directly the gospel. If if you're preaching the law, have faith that God will prick their heart through that. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jake, for all your study and research you put into this. And thank you all as the audience so, so much for watching or listening to us today. Don't forget, our show website is trdshow.net. Uh, check it out. We've got all sorts of cool stuff there. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Also follow us on Gab and Getter. Follow us on YouTube and Rumble. And keep in mind, on the big tech platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, there's only censored content there because we get censored censored a lot but you can find uncensored free speech content on gab on gab tv and on rumble and we highly encourage you to follow us on those platforms in addition to getter sign up for our newsletter trdshow.net slash newsletter thank you all so so much watching and listening and don't forget everyone in all that you do do it as unto the lord